my partner, my dog. Those are the most important things to me. And, and my friends, I mean, people. And my dog's like a person. So the people in my life were the most important. And that didn't come because of AIDS. It came because of the Burkitt's lymphoma. In other words, the first time you're given a death sentence, the second and third, every time you're given one after that, it's not like you don't believe them. It's just that you've already lived as if you were going to die. I mean, I spent 18 months on chemotherapy for Burkitt's with a one in five chance of seeing 12 months, let alone 18. So once you've literally faced your own mortality like that, then the next time somebody gives you a fatal diagnosis, which I did get in 1994 when I came here, it was not only easier to deal with, but I felt one of the reasons I survived and so many of my friends didn't, I already knew how to get punched in the head inside a hospital by people who were trying to help you and roll back. I'd been here before. My friends, this was their first fatal illness, and by the time they kind of figured out what maybe they could have been doing to help themselves a little better, it was too late. And I had the advantage of being in my late 20s and getting all those lessons learned. All of my friends know this. If you have a friend or a relative that's diagnosed with cancer, you say, oh, you have to call my friend Bob. And I tell them, it doesn't matter how dire the situation looks. This is my advice all the time when you're put in a fatal medical situation. It doesn't matter whether you have children, a spouse, it do- nothing matters. It has to be about you because you need every bit of the emotional and physical energy you may have left at the end of a brutal treatment week or whatever kind of med you're on or whatever kind of illness you might just be getting over. You need every ounce of that to get through. And the people who really love you will understand that. And you won't really have to apologize to them when it's all over, because they'll know. Anybody that you think you need to apologize to didn't really help you that much. It probably really wasn't that worthwhile all along the journey of your illness. So things become plainer. Things become clearer. Uh, um, Priorities certainly become instantly clear. And the thing to try to avoid, uh, two things to avoid, fear and complacency, opposite ends. And I always liken it to surviving any of these kind of illnesses is like walking your whole life on a stone wall. On one side of the stone wall is the abyss, and on the other side of the stone wall is Pollyannaville. Green grass, picnic tables all set up, beautiful day for lunch. You're going to fall off that wall. You're going to fall off it in the abyss sometimes. You're going to fall off it in Pollyannaville sometimes. Get back on the wall. You must live the rest of your life on that wall. You fall into the abyss and you stay down there too long, you're not going to be able to get back up on the wall. You go to that picnic and you stay too long at the fair, then you haven't been paying attention. And you've been complacent and now you might have to pay for that. So none of these is a guarantee they're just what I used and those were the way that I looked at things and that's what got me through it. To be realistic that I'm going to die but still have some hope that maybe I won't. And that's the, what I'm talking about, the stone wall. It's wide enough to walk on. It's not a fence, not a high wire. It's a wall. But your life is now on that wall. 